Well, good morning. My name is John. I'm the lead pastor, and I'm so glad that you're able to join us today. Uh, so here's a question. Who is the most important person in our church? Uh, or maybe better, who's the most important group in our church? Uh, and here's what I mean. Uh, our uh, mission as a church is that we don't believe that church is a building. It's not an organization, but it's a group of people. And as a group of people, we're trying to move somewhere. Uh, we want to experience a full and real relationship with Jesus. Uh, we want to have deep uh, and intimate and authentic and real relationships with each other, and we want to make a big difference in the world. Uh, and not only are we all trying to move in that direction, but we really think that it's the best way to live, and so we would love for all of our friends, all of our neighbors, for everybody in the whole world to eventually join us on this journey of having a relationship with Jesus, of deep relationships with each other, and making a real difference in the world. Uh, so, who is the group, who is the person that is most responsible for helping to move people towards those life-changing relationships? Uh, and some people would say, I mean, really the most important person is probably, uh, it's probably the preacher. I mean, whoever is like teaching scripture, whoever is explaining Jesus, I mean, like that's, that's really important. Uh, and it's true. Uh, I think a lot of us can look back on experiences in our lives where uh, a woman or a man was preaching some sermon to us, and it was in the process of us listening that like it all became clear. Like, you know, a concept that we'd never really thought of before or something that we had never really been inspired to do or we've never thought about changing or addressing this thing in our life. And somehow the way in which they explained it, it just like spoke to us and it it really helped to move us and change us. And so that's great. Uh, and other people would say, well, yeah, preaching is great. Uh, but do you know what really, really makes a big difference is music and worship. Uh, that it's when we get together and when we sing songs. Uh, and again, I mean, there's a lot of us who can tell stories about times where we were singing some sort of a lyric, and it was like, it was a concept maybe that we'd heard before. I mean, you know, the idea of God's amazing grace, or Jesus' love for us, or that, you know, Jesus forgives us of our sins. Uh, you know, we like knew it somehow intellectually, but as we sang it, something happened, and like it moved from our head down to our heart, and we just, we felt something, and that, and that, that thing changed us. Uh, I was talking to uh, someone, uh, I don't know, it was like a month or so ago. Uh, I was at a park, and she was saying that she was at our very last service. So it was her first time ever to our church on March 8th, which was our last live service. Uh, and she said that she came, and she was just, you know, really interested in exploring the idea of church. You know, not a Christian yet, you know, not sure what she believes. But she said that when she walked in and we started doing the singing, so I, I don't know if I believe those words, but just something about what was going on in the room just like hit something inside of me and I started crying and I, I just, something was moving inside of me and I wasn't even sure what it was. And they meant our musicians helped make that possible. Uh, others would say, uh, you know what really makes a big difference is like, design and graphics. Uh, and that might maybe sound a little bit silly, uh, but I often think uh, that one of our uh, preachers and one of our worship leaders and one of our real leaders in our church, Jenna, uh, this summer uh, she told us in a message that she gave 
that one of the things that drew her to her very first church, but when she was just exploring Christianity, was that they had cool graphics on their website. Uh, and she thought that maybe if they like would take the time to like make their graphics relevant and, and real, then maybe they can make this sometimes hard to understand message of the Bible and Jesus. Maybe they can make that clear and relevant too. Uh, and I think there's a lot of times that uh, maybe, I mean, there's really true messages, but it's the folks who like take the time to create our, our website and our Facebook pages and our graphics. And, you know, and they, they take these really great messages, but they not only portray a true message, but they portray it in a way that really looks great. And maybe that's helping to draw people into life change. Uh, other people would say, hey, you know what, team? I really love is I love the food team. Uh, some of you may or may not know, uh, we have a team of people that whenever someone is going through some sort of a, a big life thing, you know, maybe it's, they're having a, a baby, uh, maybe they were in the hospital for some reason, uh, maybe they're moving, uh, or they're just going through something where they just have a lot going on in life, and it would just be a huge, like, thing off their plate if they didn't have to make meals for a few days. Uh, so teams of people will sign up, and they'll make meals, and they'll deliver those meals to people houses for days or sometimes weeks. Uh, and I've heard multiple people say that they didn't really understand the idea of church family. And like, I mean, there's a group of people who care for me and love me until they had food dropped off in multiple days. And that team makes a huge difference. Uh, other people would say, uh, you know, the team that really makes a huge difference is kind of like the unsung heroes that are like behind the scenes. Uh, you know, those that are like making the videos and those that are making the sound and those that are doing all the stuff that has to happen for a nonprofit church to exist of paying bills and getting licenses done and all those things that if they weren't done, we really couldn't do anything else we were doing. And it's like all those like behind the scene, you know, dotting the I's, crossing the T's, making sure that everything is done right and done well. That that is the team that like really, really is making a big difference. Uh, and others would say, you know, who I really love is I love the community group leaders. Uh, we have different groups in our church that meet in houses or a lot of them meet on Zoom now. Uh, and those are the groups where like we really like get together. I mean, it's tough to, you know, over a, an online service and chat and, uh, you know, even when we can be in a room together to really get to know people. But in a group of five people, 10 people, 15 people, you can, you really get to know each other's stories. Uh, I'm in a community group we meet on Monday nights over Zoom right now, and this past week, uh, one of the guys in our group got a job, and he's been praying, and we've been praying for him for, it seems like, a couple months now that he would get a new job, and finally this week he got it, and so we were all emailing back and forth, and just like this barrage of like congratulations and fun and funny emails, and I'm just convinced that everybody needs that in their life. Everybody needs people who know what's going on in their life and can celebrate when things are going really well and when things are crummy, uh, when things are just stressful and you're having a rough day, you need people you can call even at three in the morning and our community group leaders serve that and they make those environments possible. Uh, and so which of those or you know, so many of the other people in our church, which of those would you say is most important? Which is the one that has the, the most important job of moving people that are currently a part of our church, people that are considering becoming a part of our church, people that haven't even heard of our church yet? Who, which of those groups, which of those people is most important to help move them to take a next step? And I think what we would say is, yes, uh, it, it's, it's all of those groups. We need 
every single one. Uh, and that's what Paul is going to uh, teach us today. We've been uh, looking at this letter of 1 Corinthians, and today we are in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 12. And here's what he says. He says, there are different kind of gifts, lots of different kinds of different things that we do, but the same spirits distribute them. There are different kinds of service. There's different ways in which we might serve in the life of this church, but it's the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, different ways in which we kind of work and get and get things done, but it's in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Uh, why has the Spirit given us all these things that we are able to do? It's for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of that same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between the Spirits. To another, speaking in different tongues. And to still another, interpretation of tongues. And all of these are the work of the one and same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. Uh, so what Paul is saying here is that in the life of a church, God has intentionally distributed different kinds of gifts to different people, but it's all for the same purpose. And that is a really, really good thing. Uh, I remember when we first started uh, the church, or really, when we were just talking about the idea of doing a, a new church about eight and a half years ago, uh, I would talk to all kinds of people about what we were going to do. And, you know, I would say, like, man, here's what we are dreaming about doing in the city of Albany. You know, here's the values that we're going to have. And uh, we're, we are going to have these kind of groups. And, you know, we are going to do these kind of big projects, you know, and we are going to have this kind of a Sunday morning experience. And, and people would ask me sometimes, they'd say, okay, but who is this we? Uh, and initially, we was really just me. And that was not a good thing because me was not going to be able to accomplish much of that because I, I have a few gifts. Um, if you need someone to, to teach and, you know, do a sermon, I can do that. Uh, if you need someone to help plan a big event, that's in my wheelhouse. But if you need someone to help lead music, that's not going to go too well. Uh, if you need someone to, you know, do all that behind the scenes work and make sure every I is dotted and every T crossed, that is not my temperament. Uh, even if you need someone to lead a community group and just, you know, patient and listening and kind of that like empathetic ear, I, that's just not how God has wired me. And so if we were going to be what we needed to be as a church, then we were going to need lots more people to come in and get involved in this. We were going to need way more than just my gifts. Uh, and that's what uh, Paul is going to say that they needed back then in the Corinthian church too. Uh, here's what Paul says. He says, just as one body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given from one spirit to drink. Uh, so Paul is doing a little bit of an homage to what we've been talking about for the last couple weeks. That not only is this a church that has a diversity of gifts and talents, but this is a church that's like 
made up of all kinds of different people, all kinds of different races, all kinds of different genders, all kinds of people over the social economic map. And what makes the church so amazing and so beautiful is that all of them are in the same place for the same purpose. Uh, he goes on, he says, even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Uh, remember a few years ago, uh, someone bought my dad this little snowman uh, a trombone player guy. So it was, it was a Christmas ornament and it was like this like digital thing that uh, when you would push a button, it would play joy to the world on the trombone. Uh, and my dad's a trombone player, so it made sense that they got that for him. Uh, but like it really sounded goofy whenever you pushed it because it was like, it was playing joy to the world. You could like pick out what it was, but it like, it wasn't very like, it was just like a, a few like random notes. Like there was obviously there was stuff that was missing because it was just the trombone part. Uh, and what we found out is that there was actually like a couple dozen of these different snowmen you can buy. I mean, it's like this whole collection and there's like the, the trombone playing snowman, but there's also like a trumpet playing uh, a snowman. And then there's a, a timpani playing one and a xylophone playing one and a clarinet playing one and a saxophone playing one. And they all come together to form this big orchestra. And if you have the whole collection and you push the button, then it makes this big, cool sounding idea of joy to the world, what it's supposed to be. But if you just have one little part, I mean, it's, it's fine. I mean, you get like the, the, the kind of the basic gist, but it's not at all what it could and should be. And that's what Paul is saying here, is that if you just have one person, if you just have even a couple people, and you just have some of the talents, you know, if you have some people of the socioeconomic group, if you have some people of a couple of different races, but you're, whoever you're missing, you're not getting the full picture of what this whole idea of the body of Christ is supposed to be. Uh, Paul goes on. He says, now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the whole sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Uh, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now, you are the body of Christ and each one has a part of it. Paul is saying that each and every one of you has a gift. It's a gift that God intentionally created you to have. 
later on in the uh, next step email, I'll include a, a list of what we call all the spiritual gifts. Uh, because in the New Testament and in the Old Testament, it lists all these different spiritual gifts. Uh, and there's not kind of one section of scripture that lists all of them. Uh, you have to kind of go through different letters and different books of the Bible. So there's uh, some here in uh, 1 Corinthians 12. There's some more in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 14. Uh, there's some more in a book uh, of Ephesians. And there's more kind of scattered throughout the whole Bible. So we've compiled a list of all the spiritual gifts. And I would think it would be a super cool activity for you to spend some time looking through those. And what you're going to find is that there's some of those gifts, one, two, maybe three gifts that you feel like, that, that's me. Like, that's, like when I do that, I love doing it. Like I was created to do that. When, when I do that, other people say thank you for, being, for doing that in my life. Like that, that is how I'm wired. And you will find that there's some other gifts that you do not have at all. And so therefore, if we're going to be the body of Christ, we need people that represent all of those different gifts. And even people who have the same gift, because they might do it a little bit different. We need everybody. Uh, and then Paul is also giving a little bit of a warning and encouragement here. Uh, he's saying that it's possible for some people to have gifts and they feel like that their gifts are maybe a little bit better than other people's gifts. Uh, that really my job really is more important than yours. And Paul says that you need to remember that yet what you do is extremely important, but you need to be thankful. You need to be gracious. You need to go out of your way to realize that you can't do it by yourself. You're no superstar. You need a team around you and you need to be a part of everybody. And if everybody isn't doing their part, then the whole thing isn't going to go. Uh, and then Paul says, there's some other gifts and they might think, I mean, mine's not just, mine's not a big deal. I mean, I just, I mean, I, I, I play drums, but I mean, it's not, you know, it's not that important, you know, like, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a part of the food team and I bring people food, you know, but, but does it really matter that much? And Paul says for Whatever your gift is, you need to know that it is so, so important and that we literally can't be what we need to be as a church unless we are all playing our part. And, and I'm just so thankful that like that's who we are as a church. Uh, I, I think of uh, different people in our church that are using our, uh, their gifts on a regular basis. Uh, I think of people like Emmanuel. Uh, Emmanuel is a computer designer by trade, you know, so that's what he's gifted and that whole thing of how you, you know, understand coding and all that. And he uses those gifts and talents to make a living for his family and to help what his company move forward. And that's amazing. But he also uses those gifts to help our church move forward. Uh, the lyrics that you saw on the songs earlier today, those were put there by Emmanuel and his crazy computer skills. Uh, we're working to try to figure out how to uh, record services live at some point in the uh, hopefully uh, near future. And Emmanuel is helping us figure out all the computer stuff uh, that has to do with that. And I'm just so thankful. And any of you who have ever enjoyed seeing the lyrics and enjoyed that our computer stuff actually works the way it's supposed to, should be so thankful that we have an Emmanuel in our group who is helping us figure all that stuff out. Uh, I think of uh, someone like uh, Alyssa Bubb. Uh, Alyssa Bubb has some big job for the state and she, I think she's helping like with like budgets and making sure that like all that stuff is figured out. You know, so she's using her gifts and abilities to do that on a daily basis to provide for her family. But she is also here in this building every Tuesday with our crew group, uh, working with a group of teenage girls and helping those girls understand who Jesus is, helping them big, uh, uh, develop bigger relationships, 
helping them to navigate the craziness that is the teenage years of life. And I, it's great that she's using her skills in her career, and that's wonderful. But man, uh, I think especially those of you parents of teenagers, aren't you so thankful that she is also using her gifts to help come alongside your teenage girls? Uh, I think of uh, Brian Hiltz, uh, one of our elders. Uh, Brian is a, an engineer for uh, water treatment plants, and so uh, he's working in municipalities all over the country to help make sure that we have clean water, and like, that's awesome. Like, we all need clean water, and we need smart people who think strategically to do that kind of stuff. But Brian is also using his strategic and leadership mind to help lead our discipleship team right now. Uh, and every Tuesday night or every other Tuesday night, Brian is on a Zoom call with a group of people trying to help figure out why, how can we move our church forward and become better at helping people better understand who Jesus is and better follow in the steps of Jesus, which we call discipleship. And I'm glad that Brian's doing a great job in his career and that he has those talents and ability to be able to do that, but so thankful that he is using his talents and his gifts to also move our church forward in the discipleship world. Uh, I think of uh, Shannon Howard. Uh, Shannon, uh, she's been working and doing this you know, remote thing and you know, working from home for way before uh, the rest of us had to do it for COVID. And so she's really learned a lot of technology skills, especially a lot of Zoom skills. And so when we were trying to figure out how do we do a lot of our classes and courses online, uh, we we're starting a new alpha course, which is a great way for people to uh, explore God and ask questions. Uh, we were going to have to do it all digitally. So we needed someone who could figure out how we do this all digitally over Zoom. And so Shannon came alongside, and if you were part of the Alpha class, then she was the one who made all that work. Uh, and after service today, I'm gonna to be meeting with two of the women that were part of Alpha, and I'm gonna be meeting with them to talk about uh, when they are gonna get baptized, because through Alpha, they decided that they wanna follow Jesus with their life. And that was possible because Shannon helped make all the technology possible. And there's so many other stories because our church is built not just off of a few people doing great things, but off of all of us. And when we all work together, we can do so, so much. Uh, but lastly, it's not just that we are all working together and, and since like we all have talents and abilities that like we, you know, if we all work together, then we can do awesome things because we are so awesome. And for sure, all of you are awesome. Uh, but there's a part that I skipped over uh, a little quick uh, where it said that we all drink from the same spirit, uh, which is a hint to communion, that what really gives us the power is not just that we're a group of people that have gifts and talents, but that God has given those talents. And that when we come together as a church under his name, then we are filled with his spirit and we can take those gifts and talents and we can do even immeasurably more because we are fueled by his love and by his spirit. Uh, and that's what we remember when we take communion each week, that we are a group of people that are not just like a, a talented group, but we are a group of people that are under the banner of Jesus, that we are full of his Holy Spirit, and that if we allow him, if we lay down whatever arrogance we might need to, uh, if we uh, step up and really understand you know, what the gifts are that we have, if we all decide that we are going to work together and that we are going to do it in his name, I think God has huge plans.
for what he can do. So let's remember this God who believes in us, who gave us gifts, and who wants to work through us through his spirit as we take communion today. Uh, Jesus, we love you. Thank you for the gifts that you've given us. Thank you for the way that you blessed our church. Help us to just experience the community of diversity that comes together with multiple people from different backgrounds and different races and different ages and different genders and different gifts. And that we can all come together. And that in that, we can see your spirit do amazing things in our city and our world because we need it. In your name we pray. Amen. Uh, like I said, check out the Next Step email for the list of spiritual gifts. Uh, take some time to look through those and think about the gifts that you have. Think about if there's a way that you can use those gifts. Uh, if you're looking for a certain way to serve in the life of our church, or if you have another way that you feel like God is calling you to serve, and we can help and support in that, make sure you put that in the Connect card. We would love to come alongside and pray for you and support you however we can. Uh, we love you. We'll see you next week. Well, thank you for being a part of our service today. We hope that you found it helpful as you're able to connect with other people during the service through the chat and also helpful in regards to what we learned today as we have um, focused on God and focused on what his word says about our lives and about himself. Uh, and so as a church, we are all about taking next steps and next steps in our lives, next steps in our walk with Jesus uh, because we're trying to take what we learn uh, in a day like today in the service and apply it to our lives. And so we'd love to come alongside you and help you with that. Uh, and there's a couple ways that we can help. Uh, there's a next step email and then there's the connection card. Uh, the next step, it's next step email, if you're already on the email list, you'll be receiving that shortly. Um, but if you're not on the email list, you can look that up on the Facebook page. But basically the next step email gives uh, a few different things to follow up on as we continue just next week. Uh, so there's some questions that, again, is related to what we've learned. Uh, prayer, uh, prayer related items uh, that we can pray specifically for. And also some activities that we can do with other people. Uh, but it's just a way to kind of re-continue our focus on the things that God wants us to be focused on. Uh, but also there's the connection card. And the connection card is a way that you can let some of the leaders know what's going on in your life, um, any prayer requests you may have, uh, any next steps you're considering. Uh, we'd love to come alongside you with those things. And so if you have any of those uh, prayer requests, next steps, or anything else, uh, feel free to fill out the connection card and let us know what's going on uh, in your lives. Um, we say every week that church is not uh, a building, it's not an organization, it's even not just a service, it's a group of people. Um, and as a church, uh, I, when I normally would host, I would say this, there's something that was said to me, is that no one has told you that they love you today, just know that I do. And as a church, just know that we love you. And so we we mean it when we say that we want to walk alongside you. So if you have anything going on in your life right now, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, we love you and hope that you have a great week.